Hello and welcome to episode seven of the Miles to Memories podcast for September 26, 2019. I'm Sean Coomer, founder and editor-in-chief of Miles to Memories, joined today and each and every week by my two co-hosts, Joe Chung from As the Joe Flies and Miles to Memories managing editor, Mark Osterman. How are you guys doing today? I'm good. Just hanging in here, uh, getting over a little bit of an illness, but here and ready to podcast. Excited as always. I'm doing well, recovering from the weekend in New York City. Had a good time, uh, ready to, to get into it. I think we got a pretty good show going today. Yeah, good time not sitting and watching a baseball game as you check off your 30 baseball parks thing, but don't actually watch the game. Why would I want to watch two teams I don't care about? Like, I hate the Yankees, and even people in Toronto don't care about the Blue Jays, so why would I sit and watch that? I'm wow. just there to check out the park and, you know, see the atmosphere, test the food, just see what it's like. You know, I don't need to watch baseball. <laughs> so first of all, thanks for offending all seven Canadians who are listening to this right now. And uh, secondly, <laughs> how was the park? How was the food? I mean, they had a pretty wide selection, which I was impressed with, but it, it it's all chain restaurants, which kind of takes away from it. They did have Benihana, which I thought was bizarre, and they have hibachi food, and it's like to go. So I don't know where that comes in, but... Um, actually somebody commented on Facebook cause I shared a picture of the park and they said, I feel like it's kind of corporate. It feels very corporate. And, and I have to agree it, everything just feels a little sterile and maybe p- partly because it's all chain restaurants. There's nothing unique really besides maybe the garlic fries. It's a huge stadium though. The, when you're standing in the outfield and you overlook it, it's really cool when they have all the pennants of all the teams above and, and the, uh, awning that matches the old style stadium is cool. But overall, I thought it was a little flat, I guess. Have you been to it yet? No, I haven't. Same old corporate Yankees, not like the Mets. Blue collar Mets sponsored by City. Uh have you been to City Field? Yeah, I have. Uh that was uh one of the, actually that was the first one I wrote about. Uh, and I did like that cuz they brought some of the Shea Stadium atmosphere into it. Um the outside was beautiful. Like when you walk up into Yankee Stadium, it just feels fake almost like the outside. Where City had the nice brick and it it draws you in. The only thing I can say about City is when you enter the stadium and you go in, you don't see the field right away. You just see a wall and you have to walk to the like down the baselines before you can ever see the field, which I felt was kind of annoying. But overall, I don't know. Between the two of them, I'd probably lean towards Yankees just because they had more to offer. But I like the, uh, the build out of the City Park better. But both areas around it suck, which <laughs> kind of blows for the game day atmosphere that you can't do anything before or after the game, really. They're probably both going to be middle of the pack at the end of the day, I think. So did you spend more than like 20 minutes at City Field, just like you did with Yankee Stadium? Or do you only spend about 20 minutes at every park that you go to? How does that work? <laughs> no, I mean, we were at both of them for like an hour and a half. We walk uh, every square foot of the place. We go in all the the museums, the uh, Hall of Fame stuff they have. We weren't able to get into, what's the name of that thing, Joe? I can't think of the name right now. Monument? Yeah, the monument thing. Because uh, that closed 45 minutes before the game even started, which I thought was a ridiculous uh, rule. But that's where they have uh, all the Hall of Fame busts and stuff for the yeah, the and good, it, good Yankees. And, and it's right out in center field. City Field doesn't have something like that because there are very few good Mets. Come on, Mike Piazza, shout out! <laughs> yeah, that's my boy. So we didn't get to go into there, but uh, yeah, we 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 usually spend quite a quite a while. I mean, we don't spend the whole game because we're we're in a city we want to check out as well, and we have to check out the area around it to review that too. It depends if the if it's like the Tigers or a team I care about that's playing, we'll sit down and watch some baseball. But if it's two teams I don't care about, then we uh, we leave a little bit earlier than normal. And just for reference, for people who don't know, Mark has a goal of hitting all of the major league baseball parks 
I assume before you die or something like that. Yeah. So like within two years, cause I'm going to, I'm probably going to die in two years now, Joe. Thanks. See every park, but not spend, not actually see a, any baseball in the park, right? Just do everything else, but actually. Yeah. Watch. If I, if I could go watch a concert there, I guess that would count too. Right. Or, or I don't know. Oh, <laughs> no, no. Also, <laughs> just got real dark, real fast. We should move on. Well, what did you, uh, anything exciting this last week for you, Joe? Uh, nope. I'm gearing up for my Disney trip in a couple there weeks. There it is. Disney. Yeah. Oh, so, took, what, what are we like three minutes in? <laughs> I cut that last time. So no one knows what you're referencing right now. No, it was in the outtakes. Come on. People listen to that. It's gold. <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah. So I'm planning my trip to Disney. It's in a couple of weeks. Um, and just uh, pretty excited. I'm going to go pretty nuts uh, on my three days there and sleep very little. So we'll see how that all goes and whether I manage to do all the things that I plan to do. Are you, uh, you're staying on property? Yeah, I'm staying at the new Grandestino Tower at uh, Coronado Springs, and I think I think I said when I was talking about the whole Delta Vacations fail situation that it was for this trip to Disney. So, you know, I'm paying for that with Delta Miles. So, you know, I'm pretty happy about that. That's pretty sweet. Sky Miles for life. Yeah, episode five, I think. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He complains uh, about the Sky Miles and the deal and getting sucked in and how he regretted it, but. Uh, when he comes back from Disney, he's going to be so happy, like a little child, that he took the trip. Well, I was going to go regardless, and it's still four hours of my life at 1 a.m. that I'm never going to get back. So, hey, what were you doing at 1 a.m. anyway? Editing podcasts or something like that? I don't know. No, he was writing article number seven for As the Joe Flies. <laughs> we can't be as prolific as you, Mark. What can I say? <laughs> I'm just uh, bringing that up because I think you said something about that in an earlier podcast. I probably said seven per year, which is about right. So, all right. So he's uh, if he got if he got the number seven right now, then he's well ahead of uh, of where he should be. He might actually get to eight or nine by by December. So that'd be pretty good for me. I was supposed to actually go to Disneyland uh, over the weekend into yesterday, but I had to postpone that to later this week to uh, deal some other stuff. So I'm actually going to be heading to Disneyland soon, and I'm excited uh, to see hopefully some of these lower crowds that they're still talking about because I would love to uh, be able to just gallivant around the parks without having to worry too much about long waits so we'll see get to get to see the main street electrical parade before it goes away again september 30th which is like my all-time favorite parade so i'm excited about that and uh you know i know it's a little bit of disney and mark's already annoyed with us so yep (laughs) anything to add before we uh, get to the show uh no i'm good to go let's rock and roll all right well let's go right from disney to talking about fraud what a segue what a segue Pay this man. <laughs> That's why they give me the big bucks. Yes. So we're uh, this week, uh, Mark, you wrote an article uh, from some readers that had reported uh, they had been using happy gift cards. People were having issues with happy guy gift cards where they had purchased Home Depot gift cards with the happy guy gift card and then uh, watching the balances get drained. What exactly happened, Mark? And what did we find out about that? Yeah, so a reader reached out because uh, he was what he was doing was buying happy gift card, happy guy gift cards at a discount, uh, like ten to fifteen percent off or whatever, and then he would go into the store and buy a Home Depot gift card that he could then turn around and resell for a, a profit or break even to get the point. 
And he went into two separate stores. The first store, he had no issues with his gift cards. And then at the second store, five, I think four or five days later, the balance was drained from all the gift cards, like $3,000 worth. So he, he reached out to Home Depot. They didn't really know what was going on. They kind of made up some stuff that they thought might be happening. And then um, he ended up getting replacement cards, but he wanted to reach out to tell us what was happening. And, and I had somebody else uh, bring up a similar story. And then another reader commented that it's actually, he, he thinks that store managers have the right to void gift card sales after the fact and he's had it happen to him where they'll go in there and see that you bought it with a happy gift card or whatever or or several thousand dollars worth and he'll just void it and that money is supposed to go back to your happy gift card so keep those if you buy home depot gift cards because that money might get transferred back to that you want to check that if you throw them away or whatever then it's going to be more of a battle to get replacement gift cards but that's kind of where it's at which is it's kind of surprising that they can do that it's it's almost fraudulent in my opinion because they're just stealing something that was paid for but something to look out for what do you guys think about it i think uh home depot has a lot of issues with gift card fraud uh they seem to have very very strict policies with with dealing with that last year i had a home depot gift card that i had purchased actually at gamestop with gamestop gift cards that went bad and i wasn't able to get reimbursed from gamestop or from home depot uh, simply because i used the gamestop gift card to purchase it so um, this doesn't really surprise me, even though this is completely unrelated to that. Um, they're very sort of strict with their policies, and uh, I think that they have uh, pretty hardline rules. And unfortunately, I agree with you. I think it's absolutely wrong that they're doing this. Once you purchase it, they should uh, not go and reverse the charge. Uh, from their perspective, I assume they're having a lot of fraud with these cards. So uh, it's something to be work- to be aware aware of. And then uh, this is a great reminder to always be organized, keep good records of what you're doing, and then you should be able to go back and find the money uh, if it is voided and then return back to the old card. Yeah, they should be training the frontline employees better to to stop. If they are having fraud issues, they should be on top of it at the front end before the purchase happens, not after the fact. It's basically stealing from the person, in my opinion. Yeah, time and time again, we've seen there's not a lot of regulation around gift cards. And we have seen some merchants worse than others, like the children's place, really just sort of like wash their hands with fraud. Others like Home Depot have done, um, you know, have these sorts of programs in place uh, for fraud, like where you have to go into the store to get an employee to call, things like that, where they lock returns to specific people's IDs, stuff like that. So they've really tried to combat it. And uh, it seems like in this case, they went a little too far. And uh, hopefully everybody's able to get their money back. From where I sit, it's just three data points. So I'm not, I guess, confident to say that this is like a super troubling thing, but it's also one of those things where when you're talking about like thousands of dollars, uh, depending on like the kind of volume you're doing, uh, it is stressful to think that something like that could happen. Originally, I was going to say, this is just a reminder to kind of liquidate your cards as quickly as possible. However, if you're buying Home Depot gift cards to resell and the value of those cards just suddenly goes missing, then all of a sudden you're in a huge bind. Um, so, you know, it's definitely disconcerting, but I'd love to hear if there are more than just three data points because, um, you know, at three data points, it just seems like it's maybe like a rogue manager or like a kind of broken store. But um, once you start getting like higher that could be much more of a concern. And of course, I totally agree with you guys that like store managers should not be going in and voiding transactions after they've already been done. Yeah. And just as a reminder, if, you, if you've never used a happy gift card, it's basically like a, uh, a full credit card, but it's locked to certain merchants. So in this case, the happy guy gift card is locked to uh, the Home Depot and some other merchants. So people are actually using that to buy Home Depot gift cards, even though Home Depot uh, has made it pretty official that that's against their policy to use gift cards to buy gift cards. But it does work 
at their registers. And so some people are able to do that. So, you know, it's a practice that sort of your mileage may vary. It's not something that it works for everybody. But, uh, you know, if you're doing it, make sure you're you're quite organized and that you sort of keep track of everything and uh, look out for, for these type of, uh, for, for fraud first off. And then on top of that, this type of behavior from, uh, from stores and let us know if it uh, happens to you. All right. And then from, uh, from Home Depot and gift cards uh, to Las Vegas, another great segue from Sean Coomer here. Um, this Nailed week, it. <laughs> this week has been absolutely uh, crazy the last uh, seven days or so uh, with news coming out of Las Vegas. And we covered a lot of it on Miles to Memories. And I thought, uh, considering how popular it was with readers, that it would be uh, sort of interesting because we had a ton of different rumors and changes all drop within the last week, started um, about a week ago with rumors that Bellagio and MGM Grand are up for sale. Now, how much do you guys think that Bellagio and MGM Grand would sell for potentially? I honestly have no idea uh, if I'm going to take a stab at it, like a billion each. I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know. What about uh, you? 1.5? 1, 1. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, so like what, on a fight night, they have to have enough money in the vaults to cover... 80% of the bets or a hundred percent of the bets or whatever, you know? So, uh, you know, whatever it costs in, uh, oceans 10. Yeah, I was going to say, mean, did you learn oceans that 11, from oceans excuse 11? Excuse me. <laughs> oceans 11. Yes. When movies yeah, whatever become real there. life, real yeah. life. The correct answer is $7 billion for the two of them. Potentially. Uh, I believe 4 billion for MGM grand and 3 billion for Bellagio. Although I could have that mixed up and have those flip, but it's $7 billion for the two. And, Potentially, uh, MGM Grand is going to be selling, or MGM Resorts International will be selling these properties to Blackstone, who will then lease them back uh, to MGM Grand. Um, so basically, they're just offloading real estate without, uh, while they still keep current with operations. So it's a big uh, potential deal. It's still one that's uh, rumored, or it's still in the final uh, negotiation stage. Um, so it doesn't look like anything will change there. Then, uh, when that rumor fell, the next day. We found out um, that Circus Circus has potentially already been sold or is in the final uh, sort of negotiations in a different sale. And, uh, you know, Circus Circus is an interesting property. Have you guys, either of you, been to Circus Circus lately? Well, be- before we get into that, I just looked it up. Yeah. I was curious. Uh, MGM Grand acquired in 2000 Mirage for $4.4 billion, which Mirage is a step down between two both of those. So I guess whoever's buying it is getting kind of a deal compared to what it used to be at for the marketplace. Well, that would have been the that would have been the entire deal, the four billion for Mirage Resorts, which included Bellagio, um, Mirage, Treasure Island, and Golden Nugget. Oh, so they actually flipped been, it for a, for a nice profit then. Never mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that would have been for for the entire resort, and that's when uh, Steve Wynn was sort of forced out of Mirage Resorts back then as I got gobbled up by Kirk Kikorian and MGM. Little, he gets pushed out everywhere he's at, I guess. <laughs> something like that. Uh, you wonder who the problem is with it at that point. Uh, so MGM, you know, they own properties like Bellagio. They own MGM Grand. They own um, more mid-tier properties. But on the very low end of their collection is Circus Circus, which uh, is home to Circus Axe and a theme park. But mostly is uh you know like tw- 2500 rooms but mostly they're all run down and old and it hasn't been renovated since the 1980s i have any either of you been to circus circus lately i haven't been there in ooh probably like five years and it was kind of dumpy back then so i can only imagine it's gotten quite a bit worse i'm not sure i've been there since i uh rode the canyon blaster in 2002 which i'm not even sure if it exists anymore 
Yes, Kagan Blaster sure does still exist. And I, I can assure you, Joe, that the place hasn't changed a bit other than maybe another inch of smoke on the wall or something like that. So gross. <laughs> Circus nice. Circus is still uh, hanging in strong. And apparently Vital Vegas, I think, first broke the rumor here. And then I had talked to a few people who seemed to indicate that it's true, although I didn't get positive confirmation that Circus Circus is going to be sold to Phil Ruffin, uh, who owns Treasure Island. And uh, whether that actually happens or not, it has not been announced as of right now, but uh, I do believe it will happen. But that includes 102 acres of land, including all of Circus Circus, plus the festival grounds on the corner of Sahara and Las Vegas Boulevard. So could be some changes happening to that. Could be some redevelopment. Phil Ruffin isn't really known for building brand new mega resorts. Uh, like he bought Treasure Island and, and did some renovations. And so it'll be interesting to see what he does with it. But that's uh, some interesting developments there. And then the last sort of casino sale news was uh, the Rio happening. Uh, that happened uh, just yesterday. Uh, Rio was sold for about $516 million, I believe. Now, the Rio is located just sort of off the strip by about half a mile, just over the 15 freeway. And it sits on quite a bit of land that has long been rumored to be popular uh, idea for a major league baseball stadium here in Las Vegas. And as part of the sale, Caesars uh, sold it, but will lease it back for at least two years. So that sort of indicates that the new owner doesn't really want to operate it as a casino long term and uh, could be used potentially as a hopefully a stadium or for some other reason, maybe a, a teardown renovation thing. Either of you guys big fans of the Rio? Not, not really. Uh, there's not much going on out there, and it's it's away from the strip. So, I mean, it's it's a good place to crash if you are looking for a cheap room because I believe it's all suite rooms, right? Yeah, it's all suite rooms. The Rio used to be a pretty nice hotel. Um, it sort of, I think, has been kind of let go maybe the last ten years or so. Used to have really great theming. They used to have their own mascot, Rio Rita, who would walk around the casino, and they would have they had the the carnival parade in the sky with floats and everything every hour and they're in their masquerade village area. And it was just really a lively kind of cool place. Uh, the last 10 years or so, all that theming has been taken out is sort of uh, definitely fallen more to the lower end. I do think the rooms are probably a solid three star rooms. And like you said, they're pretty big because they're all suites. So it's been a decent place, I think for people to stay, but um, it's certainly uh, lost a lot of its luster over the last few years. And I think that sale price of 560 million, Certainly considering the, the price of MGM Grand and Bellagio, potentially, uh, you can see that it's uh, fallen down a lot. Yeah, like $200 million of it was probably Penn & Teller. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Penn & Teller is the big draw there. And not to stretch out the Vegas news too much more, just uh, we did update our, our guide to Vegas parking. So uh, this week uh, I did a full updated guide on how to get free parking on the Las Vegas Strip because that was in response to uh, win. Las Vegas finally opening back up their parking for valet and self-parking is now free at Wynn. And uh, they didn't have much choice there. They were surrounded by by the Fashion Show Mall, Treasure Island, um, the Palazzo, uh, and Venetian all had free parking. So they didn't really have a big choice there. They eventually had to go uh, with their neighbors, and they did that. So there's lots of options for free parking on the Strip, and you can uh, check out our full guide on the website to that. Um, anything else to uh, to add about these potential rumors? Anything that's exciting you uh, with Vegas uh, lately? Maybe uh, November 9th, Mark, uh, we have something cool happening in Vegas, right? Yeah, we got the meetup uh, happening uh, with presentations and everything. And then uh, we just secured uh, the place we're going to have cocktails across the street. Uh, the What is it? The Burger Bar? Burger Spot? Yeah, it's uh, it's some something Burger Bar. <laughs> uh, 
I was not. We prepared. came super prepared well, for this part. No, I, this, this was totally ad lib, but uh, it's Barcode Burger Bar. It's across the street from where we have presentations. So we're going to have three hours of uh, three and a half hours of presentations, learn miles and points. Then we'll go across the street, chat, and uh, get our night started the right way uh, there. Looks like a really cool spot, too. I, I checked out some reviews. Uh, it's like four and a half stars on Yelp. So I'm excited for it. Uh, we talked to the manager. He seems really cool. So we're all set up. Yeah, so if you uh, love Vegas, love talking Vegas, uh, love miles and points, you can uh, join us there. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited about all this Vegas news. Stay tuned to the site. I'll keep covering uh, these uh, developments and these sales and these rumors as they come. Uh, It seems like there's a lot of change as far as ownership on the Las Vegas Strip, Caesars Entertainment's merging, uh, MGM Grand's looking to offload a lot of these properties so they can further expand in in Dubai and in Japan and elsewhere. So lots of uh, fun things happening in the gaming world. We will continue to cover that. Pretty soon we're going to talk about the really exciting city double cash news uh, and how that really affects thank you points and sort of break that great news down. But first, let's take a quick break. And I wanted to talk a little bit about Disney Deciphered. Now, I know we've talked a lot about Disney and Mark doesn't like that, but this is not a Disney podcast. This is a Miles and Points podcast, which is why we're going to be talking about double cash here in just a second. But uh, Joe uh, Chung, our very own Joe, hosts Disney Deciphered each week uh, with uh, Leslie Harvey from Trips with Tykes. And it's a basically a Disney World planning podcast. And what they have is like short 20-minute episodes each week that covers a different topic from, you know, basics like which lands to visit and touring plans for those lands um, to planning to sort of big uh, subjects like planning Walter's New World vacations. Recently, they did an episode on what to pack in your Disney day bag you know, guide to Frontierland, things like that. So if you're really interested in learning more about Disney World from two of the biggest experts in the space, I highly recommend checking out Disney Deciphered. And uh, it can be found on Apple uh, Podcasts, anywhere that you can find podcasts, and then also DisneyDeciphered.com. Thanks for that, Sean. That was very kind. So now to the juiciest topic of the day. And that is uh, the news that sort of broke this last week, that the City Double Cash card, which has traditionally been a 2% cashback card, will now have its rewards convertible into City Thank You Points. And uh, just as a background, City Double Cash is a traditional 2% cashback card, but it works a little bit untraditionally. So you earn 1% cashback when you make the charge, and then the other 1% when you pay off the balance. And uh, for those people, hopefully all of our listeners who listen, uh, don't carry a balance and they don't pay interest and things like that. So generally for if you pay off your balance every month, it's a 2% straight cashback card. But the exciting news here, are you guys excited that you can now convert what you earn with double cash into thank you points? So I'm thinking I I actually got rid of all my double cashes just because not that I can always do better than 2% cashback, but I don't know. Earning miles and points just feels more fun to me. I recognize that the smart thing to say would be oftentimes cash can be better. Um, it's fungible, you know, cash is king. And, you know, probably if you're earning 2% cash back, you can do a lot with that. But it just never felt fun to me. Um, and since this is a hobby of mine, you know, I just kind of ignored that. I was thinking, you know, getting two thank you points per dollar spent on um, anything you know, would be a lot more exciting, but I'm still not completely convinced that this would like totally move the needle for me. Uh, It might like make me, I mean, I have tons of cards I convert to a double cash. So I'm thinking of converting one and maybe that'll be like kind of my uh, regular spend, my normal spend card, but 
I don't know. Right now, I don't envision myself uh, hitting it very hard. Um, and there are a few other reasons for that, too, but I'll get into that later. Yeah, I mean, it makes uh, thank you points more... Uh, attractive to me. I don't actually have any thank you points right now because whenever I get them, I just burn them. They're, they were always like the backup points or something I didn't think were that valuable. So I would, you know, turn them into life miles or um, transfer them to something else really quickly or, or book stuff through the portal. That was a big use for them um, for hotels and stuff. I couldn't use points on, I would use the city portal for it. So that, the big reason I never really got into thank you points was because I, I always had issues earning them. You know, there there wasn't enough welcome offers and the, their spending bonus categories weren't in line with my spending. So it was hard to always to get, gain enough. I don't have the AT, AT&T card like you do, Sean, where you're getting three times online, which would be a good one. But, you know, with Chase, you can get five times with the Inc. card. With Amex, you can get four, four and a half cards times at grocery stores and three times at gas stations. So those were always where I put my spend versus thank you points. And with this coming out, it makes it you know more attractive that I could rack up points because I'm earning two times on stuff I would normally be earning one time on, on something else with. So it, it makes it more viable for me uh, versus in the past when I never really gave them much of a thought. Uh, so on the surface, this just earns you know, 2x, 2% cash back, they can be transferred to thank you points. But basically, if you don't have any other thank you cards, all you can do is transfer to JetBlue at a one uh, a thousand points equals 800 JetBlue points, not the greatest transfer ratio or shop your way. So just on the surface, this sort of change doesn't give a lot of value. Uh, but Really, it opens up when you have a premium card like the City Premier or Prestige card, because then you're able to transfer your thank you points to that card and then ultimately to partners. So, you know, essentially the situation I'm in is I have an AT&T Access More card, which earns 3x on online purchases. And then I have a double cash card, which now earns 2x. And then I have the uh, the Prestige card. Uh, which is earning uh, bonus categories in travel and dining. And I can also redeem points at 1.25 cents each through the city portal, or then now transfer points earned with any of those cards into uh, travel partners like Singapore Airlines or Life Miles. And so that actually is a really compelling uh, ecosystem from beginning to end on the earning side and um, on the redemption side, even though they don't have some of the partners like Chase has Hyatt and United and, uh, you know, American Express has Aeroplan and some other interesting ones. They do have some pretty good uh, partners uh, themselves. And so I think that it, this does make it a pretty darn uh, compelling card. And I dare I say, I think even though 2% cashback is always a little boring to us in the miles and points space, I think it's probably pretty attractive to the average consumer out there. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I think more flexibility is always good, both in earning and in burning. So, you know, um, I like that. If we're done talking about kind of what's good with that, I did want to bring up, I've been hearing like rumors, or I guess, I don't know if it's based on anything or just people's kind of paranoia, but, you know, I have heard rumors that people are worried that City is going to kill earning on gift card purchases made with a double cash, which I think would really kind of change the uh um calculus for me so uh have you guys heard similar rumors and if city did do that if we even believe that their it is capable of doing that to me if something like that were to happen then i think that would be a bigger loss than the gain of double cash being uh transferable to thank you points yeah i wouldn't be surprised if they do that um we did see that with the at&t access more card although i do think it's uh in practice it's not enforced as uh 
uniformly as they would like to think it is, you know, just anecdotally from what people have told me. So yeah, I have heard that rumor. I don't know how substantiated it is. I haven't heard it directly from a source or anything else like that. I've seen sort of the internet rumors that you have, uh, Joe. So yeah, I think that would be bad. I think if people are going to be abusing this uh, in various ways, uh, city tends to catch up eventually. There's lots of people I know that have been shut down by city for abusing various programs that they've had over the years. So that's always something city has been uh, sort of looking at. And I wouldn't be surprised if they not only uh, block gift cards from earning uh, points, but uh, down the line, if we hear of them sort of taking a look at high spenders and cutting them off as well. I think if they did crack down on um, gift cards, that would make it a little less appealing to, to a lot of the big time miles and points people. But it's still useful for everyday spend unless you have the blue business plus where you're getting two times membership rewards points on your spend. It's still probably the best card out there for it uh, to earn points. So you can still use it for stuff like uh, car repairs and, and uh, utilities and whatnot. So I still think there's value even if they do stop the gaming aspect on gift cards. Now it won't be as good as it could have been, but I know people will throw caution to the wind and go after it as hard as they can and see see how far they can push city and then we'll find out sooner or later where where uh, the the line is and how far they can take it. Yeah, and, and you mentioned Blue Business Plus. That's sort of American Express's best competitor, I would say. It earns two X membership rewards with no annual fee on up to fifty thousand in spend per year. Um, the double cash now earns two X theoretically without any limit. And then uh, we, of course, with Chase, they have the Freedom Unlimited and Inc. Business Unlimited cards, which are in 1.5x unlimited. So all the banks have their, have really stepped up their everyday earning game over the last couple of years. And I think City, you know, opening this card up to their thank you ecosystem is certainly positive for most customers. But Joe, as you point out, there may be some negative uh, repercussions for others. Anything else to add on this uh, on this subject? Overall, I'm I'm pretty excited about this change, and I can't wait to sort of figure out how it all uh, shakes out. Yeah, like I said, I'm definitely going to product change uh, one of my city cards that I was going to either cancel or downgrade to a no annual fee version um, to double cash and see how it goes. And, you know, like I said, uh, they are just rumors about the whole gift card thing. And so hopefully those don't come true. And then uh, that would be great. All right. Well, uh, that is the news. And we'll continue to follow up as sort of we figure out the best uses of this and how exactly it's working. I know that we have confirmed these transfers are now working between double cash and Premier and Prestige, which works, which is great. And we'll continue to follow up on both the website and on the podcast if we find some really awesome uses for this new policy from City. And now we're going to move on to the quick hits, just a few quick things to end the show, things that we think you should know about that are happening. Uh, the first one is Discover has been converting uh, people's IT cards into Discover it, uh, Miles cards. Uh, this week without their permission. And this actually happened to my wife. I got an email a few days ago that her Discover It card had been converted to a Discover It Miles. Yeah. And uh, then the card showed up in the mail two days later. So they actually did convert her card over without permission. Although uh, with that card came an offer of 0% interest on all purchases for uh, I think 12 months or maybe 18 months. So they did give an offer with that, but it kind of sucks that they didn't give her a choice. Yeah, not a great way to do business to just make changes without alerting you or even saying, do you want to make this change? Now, if they're discontinuing the card, that's one thing, but they should give you more of a heads up about it. Uh, so kind of shady practices, which 
you know, Discover is usually known as being more upfront with their customers and, and is pretty customer friendly. So I'm kind of surprised they handled it that way. Yeah. I mean, don't the Discover CSRs like look like me? Isn't that their whole thing? Exactly. Exactly. And this just ruins that whole uh, facade. You converted your own card without your own permission. Shame on you. Um, the other thing I was going to say is, are there any reports of like how to avoid this happening? Yeah. So I was going to say, so apparently they, uh, this happens for inactivity. Although my wife's card, I don't really think we used it um, in the third quarter yet, but had been used in the first and second quarter. So I don't really know. It wasn't a long time of inactivity. So apparently keep using your cards. And then some people have had success calling Discover and getting them to switch it back. Hat tip to Doctor of Credit, some of the comments on his post about it, um, saying that people were able to get it converted back. So I think that my wife's going to give that a try to get it switched back to an IT card because I don't have really uh, use for Discover IT miles. But uh, on the regular IT card, we do use the 5% rotating category. So uh, report back on that. But I think there is some hope if you have been uh, converted without your permission. And then next thing I wanted to talk about is a really good bonus that's back now. Chase is offering $600 for opening new checking and savings accounts. And um, there is a link on the website. You can find this uh, post and you can actually get a code for yourself. But if you open, a, you get 300 for opening a checking account, 200 for opening a savings account, and 600 if you actually do both. The checking, you just need to set up direct deposit. And the savings account, you need to um, deposit $15,000 and maintain it for 90 days. I've done several of these bonuses over the years. Highly recommend them. Um, there's some terms like current customers aren't able to do that. And you generally have to wait about 90 days after you close your account uh, to be eligible again. But uh, it's generally a pretty easy way to earn uh, 600 bucks. Have you guys done any of these uh, Chase bank bonuses lately? Yeah, I've done uh, quite a few of them. I'm actually in the middle of waiting for the savings bonus to post, but mine was with $25,000 and uh, put in there versus 15. So this is a better deal. Uh, but I think they recently changed the terms where it's like a two-year wait between the bonuses, if I'm not mistaken. So that's something to be cautious about. If you are going to do it, make sure it's been long enough since the last time you did it, if you've done it before. Yeah, I did a Sapphire banking bonus last year. So that was like 60,000 ultimate rewards points, um, but I haven't done any of the cash ones yet. I'm jealous um, of you right now. So much, so bad. <laughs> wow. Now I feel even better about it. <laughs> You're kind of a jerk right now. <laughs> Sorry. But, uh, yeah. So, but I haven't done any of the cash ones yet. I've been eyeing one of those business ones though. Yeah. I've uh, done any and all that I'm eligible for and, um, really enjoyed those in the past. I do think that this one does say that uh, it's not a, not open to current customers and that if your account's been closed within the last 90 days. So I think that that's okay. But yeah, double check the terms like Mark says with these. And the full information is on uh, milestomemories.com for that bonus. And then uh, finally, uh, on the quick hits, we have Hawaiian Airlines shocking the world, not with the introduction of Main Cabin Basic. A very innovative name for basically stripping away all your features of traditional economy tickets. So uh, basically, if you buy a main cabin basic ticket, you'll get one free carry-on and a personal item, but you'll get no early access to overhead bins, no ability to change your flight, no seat ahead of time, um, no upgrades, no elite qualifying miles either. That's now launched. So they're basically the last sort of major airline not to have it, I suppose, or traditional major airline. I guess Southwest doesn't, but uh, they have a, a different fare setup. So are you guys surprised about this? Does it affect your, your thoughts on Hawaiian Airlines? 
No, I never, I never fly them anyway, so I don't care. But as just an overall, the basic economy push, uh, I was looking at flights, um, or actually a, a friend of mine sent me a flight that he was going to book and it was in a basic and he sent, cause it was a really great deal. But if you looked at the main cabin, it was like $400 more, which is outrageous. I know the difference is usually like $30, $40, but they're basically charging you $400 to be able to use your, your perks that you've earned through elite status if you have it. And I think that's just, it's sickening. You know, it, it drives me nuts that, that it's that far of a difference there. The basically the basic economy prices are what the old made main cabin prices used to be. And now they're just charging more for you to be able to use your perks, which is annoying. So I just wanted to say that. Yeah. And all I got to say is just hold out JetBlue. Don't cave. But I think it's only a matter of time. Uh, they are the last ones to not have basic economy. Uh, Southwest, buddy. <laughs> uh, everything on Southwest is basic economy. So <laughs> No, everything in Southwest is first class, as PDX Deals Guy says. It's all the same seat. <laughs> if, if everyone is first class, nobody is first class. Yeah, I, I agree, Mark, that we've been seeing these. I've been trying to book a flight to Chicago now, and I've been looking at it, and the fares will be like 150 round trip, like really cheap. And then if for main cabin, it jumps up to $400. It's pretty crazy. And uh, I see that a lot being from Vegas because we have a lot of low cost carriers. So the more traditional carriers are attacking fares here with their basic, basic economy being pretty aggressive, but you give up so much. I'm actually going to fly. My son's flown United basic economy a couple of times. I'm going to fly United um, basic economy with Ellie uh, in about a week and a half. We're going to do a quick trip down to Houston and also I'll see how that happens if if we get separated, how I get us put back together, all that. I think uh, being that she's four, hopefully we'll be able to get seats next to each other. But uh, I'll, I'll pray for you, man. I'll pray for yeah. you. United and basic economy. It's yeah. like a double-edged sword right there. Yeah, it was a great uh, deal. And, you know, those are famous last words. But, yeah, at least uh, Hawaiian is allowing the free carry-on bag. That's my biggest issue with uh, United, I think, is the, the main culprit not allowing that. And uh, at least they're doing that. So, you know what, you're giving up your seat flexibility if you're able to do that. And a lot of people probably don't care about elite qualifying miles or that other stuff, probably not our listeners, but normal people. So at least it gives them uh, another opportunity. Unfortunately, as you say, Mark, generally uh, today's main cabin, you know, it's basic economy fare is yesterday's regular economy fare. And so we end up paying more, I think, for less over time. And that sort of sucks. But that seems to be where it's heading. And I really do hope JetBlue holds out, please. We do love you, JetBlue. And uh, that sort of does it for the show today. In closing, we wanted to, I wanted to check in with everybody. You know, Joe, uh, we wanted to find out, you know, where can people reach you uh, if they want to follow you, keep up with you during the week, your various projects? Where's the best to find you at? Yeah, so you can find me on social media at As The Joe Flies everywhere. You can find me writing seven times a year, asthejoeflies.com. And uh, you can also check out. <laughs> no, you can't cut that out. I was never going to cut it out. Yeah. Uh, you can also check out my other podcasts. Uh, like uh, Sean said during the break, if you're interested in Disney stuff, Disney planning, general Disney planning, you can check us out at DisneyDecipher.com. And if you're interested in miles and points, you can check out our bi-weekly podcast at SaveRossityObservationDeck.com. All right. And uh, Mark, how about you? Where can we find you during the week? Uh, best place is probably in our Facebook group, uh, which you can find the links on our, our website, Miles to Memories. I'm in there quite a bit uh, answering questions or approving posts and stuff. I'm on Twitter, but I'm, I don't really go on it very much. So Facebook's probably the best way to find me or just email me at mark at milestomemories.com. 
Yeah, and you can find me uh, on Twitter. My personal Twitter is at Best Disney Hacks. And uh, of course, on all the various social media for Miles to Memories and on Facebook in our Facebook group. And we actually have a couple of Facebook groups. We have our Disney Hacks Facebook group and our Miles and Points Facebook group and a, uh, a new family travel Facebook group that we're, that we're launching as well, considering the expertise that we have in that subject. So you check us out there. And uh, don't forget, as far as the podcast goes, you can find all of our links at mtmpodcast.com. And from there, you can subscribe on Apple and Google and Stitcher and Spotify and everywhere else. And if you really do love the show, it really does help us out if you leave us a great review, letting everybody know uh, what you think. And that helps everybody find the show. Uh, Again, that's mtmpodcast.com. And uh, for email, if you need to reach us, podcast at milestomemories.com. Thanks so much for listening and uh, have a wonderful week. See you next week. Peace out. I did hear something weird right before we started talking. I don't know what it was. Was it my chair moving? No, it wasn't me. It's probably your chair, bro. So I don't think it was your chair. Okay? I don't think it was my chair. I think it was you. But I was. Uh, Mark and I were both on mute. Mark and I were both on mute. So Fine. well, it was the chair. It wasn't. I didn't. I didn't do that. So <laughs> specifically, the Happy Man gift card, right at Home Depot to purchase Home Depot gift cards, and then there was. Some I think it's. I think it's happy called guy, happy, guy. happy Guy. Yeah, I know. <laughs> happy Man is a little too uh, Tim the Toolman too. As soon as I said it, I. Oh, 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 oh. Tim the tool man. All right. Yeah.